Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We've been talking about David being a wholehearted man. And there's all sorts of aspects to this. We talked about how David was so enthusiastic. When he worshipped God, he just went for it with all his might. When he gave money, he did it with all his might. When he led people, he led fully. He was just a wholehearted man in everything he did. Um, the, the term gimper is a little word that some preachers use to talk about a person who always wants to be giving more than they're getting. So every environment they go into, they want to give more than they get. Rather than waiting and holding back, they want to be a full-in person. And David was like that, wholehearted in every way. And I'm, I've been challenged, and I'm hoping several of us have been challenged, to say, I used to be wholehearted, or maybe I've never been wholehearted, but how can I become a person who worships with abandon, who in relationships gives myself, in, in work, in every area of my life, I am committed and I'm fully in there, because something in us, I think, knows instinctively that if I give fully, then I get fully, and we, we know that. It's a bit like marriage, you know, some people go in and they're kind of reserved, I'm not going to give myself fully, and then they don't get fully. We know that we should be wholehearted, but we're trying to find out how to do that. And then the second meaning of wholehearted is, my heart is made whole, and we've been looking at how David's heart had so many opportunities and places in his life where it was broken and bruised and damaged and how he was healed. We talked about his relationship with authority, how Saul the king used to throw spears at him, and how he was healed of that. And we talked about his repentance when he sinned, when his heart became hard and, and calloused, and then he sinned so badly, he broke his heart and God made him whole again. We looked at that last week. And this week, I felt like the Lord said to me, just calm down a bit, just wait, give people a chance to breathe. Give people a chance to think about what we've said so far, but also give people a chance to respond. Because my firm belief is that when I hear truth from God's word, if I don't respond, if I just say, oh, well, if God's going to do it, he's going to do it. I hope it works out. That's a nice, interesting message. If I don't respond in some way, if I don't say to God, yes, Lord, I am willing for that. I'm up for that. Here I am, Lord. If I don't respond, then I don't grab, I don't receive and, and enjoy the full blessing of God's word. So I feel like the Lord wants us to respond today. And so at the end of the service, we're going to have a line of people at the front here who are handpicked because the Lord uses them to be able to pray and for you to meet God when you pray with them. They're good people. They're trustworthy people. They're people who will keep a secret. If you've got something you want to share with them, they won't blab it around. They are trust, trustworthy people. And so they're going to be standing at the front and we're going to give you an opportunity to come forward and say to someone, you know, I, I really feel like I'm not wholehearted or my heart has not been made whole. And this and this and this is some, are some of the areas where I need healing or where I need to commit to the Lord. And these people will just pray with you Lay a hand on your shoulder or whatever it is and just pray with you for God to meet you and make you whole. But the main message I wanted to give today is that David was wholehearted in both senses of the word because of the Holy Spirit. And this is an important message today. You know, the world is full of self-help 
messages. You can go on the internet or look on TV or whatever and you can find lots of people who will give you steps to improving your life, to being a more successful, confident, whatever it is type of person. But all of those are based on human ability. They say if you can imagine it and work it up yourself, you can do it. You have the ability. It's all in you. You are strong enough. If you will just do these steps and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you will get there. And I want to say that everything we've said is true about us committing to the Lord and being healed by the Lord. But without the Holy Spirit, it cannot be done. And I'm going to show you today that David's wholeheartedness was because of the Holy Spirit. He committed himself, yes, but 99% of the power was from God. It was just David just giving his little best that he could. But then God flooded in with power. And so last week we looked at David repenting after he'd sinned. And he said, Lord, forgive me, have mercy on me. But one of the lines in that Psalm 51 of David's repentance was, Lord, do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You see, David knew that if God took his Holy Spirit from him, David was nothing. He knew that. He was confident and wholehearted in everything he did, but he knew deep down inside that without the Holy Spirit, he had nothing. It's a bit like the disciples. You remember Jesus chose 12 and he trained them up for three years and he poured everything he had into them and they lived with him 24 hours a day. They watched him. They got to know him. The best training for ministry you could ever imagine. Three years with Jesus every minute of the day. And yet Jesus said to them, you are not ready to do ministry. When he was leaving the earth, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. Even the most trained and best qualified Christian without the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, don't even go into the battlefield. Don't even try. It's not about how much you know. It's not about your experience. It's not about your personal uh, charisma or character. Although those are important. Those are 1%. 99% is the power of God's Spirit. Amen? And I know from experience in my own life and dealing with Christians in so many churches around the world that many, many Christians are not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. They have the Holy Spirit. In other words, God has made them new. He's made them born again in their hearts. They have a taste of heaven, but that taste is still just locked up in a little cabinet in their hearts. It hasn't filled them. And without being filled with the Holy Spirit, we cannot do anything. The disciples, before Jesus left, they had the Holy Spirit. And yet they weren't filled with the Spirit. You say, Greg, how do you know that? Well, do you remember, I, I believe it's Luke chapter 10, they came back to Jesus. They said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in, in your name. And he said, do not rejoice about that, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven and that means that they had the Holy Spirit. And then just before he left, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had the Spirit, but they weren't filled. He told them to wait after that to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they were Christians. they had had a breath of the Spirit on them, but it was only 40 days after Jesus died that they were, sorry, 50 days after Jesus died at Pentecost, that they were filled with the Spirit. And then they were completely changed and they went out and changed the world because the Holy Spirit was upon them. Friend, brother, sister, Christian, are you filled? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Perhaps you've been trying to do it in your own strength. 
You've been listening to all the talks and getting all the information in your brain. And you've been trying to practice all the principles and using your willpower and your strength and getting other people to help you and keep you accountable. But have you been filled with the Spirit? Because if you haven't, you won't succeed. You'll fall again and again and again and again. But when the Spirit comes in, it makes everything possible. It changes everything. So let me read to you what happened. First of all, Saul, the king, before David, the Holy Spirit came upon him to make him king. And then when he rebelled against God, basically his sin was rebellion. Um, and, and Samuel the prophet said to him, rebellion is the same as witchcraft, and therefore God has rejected you as king. So he rebelled, he wouldn't listen to authority, and so God chose David to be king, and the spirit was taken off Saul and put on David. But let me just read to you a few verses. In 1 Samuel 10, verse 6, talking about Saul, it's, Samuel came to him and he anointed him with oil, and it says in verse 6, then the spirit of the Lord, this is Samuel telling Saul, what's about to happen? Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. You will prophesy with them and you will be turned into another man. He says, when I anoint you with oil, the Spirit will come upon you. You will prophesy, which basically means speaking words that are not my own words. They're God's words. And you will be turned into another man. Verse 9. So it was when he, has turned, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. There was a group of prophets there to meet him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. So his heart, Saul's heart, was changed. God gave him a new heart. Are you hoping to be wholehearted? Maybe you've been listening to the sermons that I've been saying, and you've been thinking, oh, I just want to be wholehearted. I want to be wholehearted. I want to say, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot do it. Then a few chapters later, when Samuel comes to anoint David, it says, verse 13 of 1 Samuel 16, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. And that word came upon is a Hebrew word that means rushed upon. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And you know, David knew that everything he did was because of the, the power of the Lord. Listen to a few of the, a few of the things that David says. He says, it is God who arms me with strength. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Great deliverance he gives to his king. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. How could a young David overcome a great giant Goliath? Yes, he was wholehearted in his attitude. Yes, God had made his heart whole. But it was the power of the Spirit that enabled him to overcome Goliath and do all the other things that he did. When David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's talking so much in that psalm about the Holy Spirit. He says, he leads me beside quiet waters. That's talking about the Holy Spirit refreshing. He says, he restores my soul. He prepares a meal for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. That's the Holy Spirit. My cup overflows. That's the Holy Spirit. David knew the presence of the Holy Spirit. He would write the Psalms and pray and praise as the Holy Spirit was filling him with power. He would go out and do battle. He would lead his people because of the power of the Holy Spirit in him. Do you have that power? 
Are you a bit like one of those lamps? You know, when we used to go camping, we used to use a lamp that had a reservoir of oil and then a wick that came up and you would light the wick and the oil would get drawn up through the wick from underneath and the, the lamp would burn beautifully and brightly for many hours. But when the oil was empty, if you lit the wick, it would burn, but it would burn with a black, thick smoke and it would only last for a, a few minutes. Many Christians don't have the oil and they're trying to burn for Christ. They're trying to be wholehearted in worship. They look around them and other people seem to worship God with such abandon. They're trying to be wholehearted in relationships. They're trying to get their hearts healed. But without the Holy Spirit, we can't. We're like that wick that's just burning in our own strength. We're like the five virgins who ran out of oil and so they couldn't go into the bridegroom's feast. We must have the oil of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, I was just thinking about this. It's slightly off topic, but I was thinking about the power of God. Have you ever wondered, is God, is God really powerful? And I think sometimes we get this weird thought in our head that God is somehow not strong enough to help me. I, I need to be wholehearted in my own strength, and God isn't really very strong. And I just want to give you just one illustration to demonstrate how big and how strong and how extravagant God is. And that's the universe around us. You know, our sun is very strong. One, one atom bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima is not a, a one megaton bomb. If you multiply that by 80, you get about a, a one megaton bomb blast. The sun puts out a trillion megaton bomb blasts every second. And I, I'm going to say numbers that have trillions in them and you're not going to know what I mean. Sometimes we think trillion is just, oh well, a lot. You know, a million seconds is how long? Anyone know? 12 days. A million seconds. Do you know what a billion seconds is? 31 years. You know what a trillion seconds is? 31,000 years. It just shows you what a trillion is. It's enormous. Now the sun is pumping out a trillion megaton bombs every second. And that's not the only star. God could have easily just made one sun and earth and we would have been happy. But he decided to make another star. Alpha Centauri. That's the closest star to us. You know, the fastest spaceship that man has ever invented is the Voyager 1. It's going over 17 kilometers a second. It's just shooting through space right now. You know how long that would take to get to our closest star, the closest one to us? The fastest vehicle man has ever made going its fastest towards Alpha Centauri would take over 17,000 years to get to, Alpha, to the nearest star. And that's just one. Then in our galaxy... There are a hundred billion stars. The, the numbers are just mind-blowing. If we could go the speed of light, which we can't, it would take a hundred years to travel at the speed of light from one edge of our galaxy to the other. It would take 4.3 years to get to Alpha Centauri, the nearest star. The numbers are just so vast and the sizes are so enormous. Right. 4.3 years at the speed of light, 17,000 years at our fastest speed to get to the nearest star, then 100 years to get the whole way across our whole galaxy. It's just so big. Why has God been so big about it? He didn't need to. Why did he make such a big galaxy? So many stars, so much power coming out 
And if we understand what the scientists say, it just came out of nothing one day, the Big Bang. Just all that power and everything, just out of nothing. But why did he do that? Because he's an extravagant God. <laughs> he didn't have to. He could have just said, well, humans, I'm big, and look, there's a sun. But he said, wow, look at all these stars. Let me just blow your mind a little bit more. The nearest galaxy to us, so we've got a galaxy with 100 billion stars. The nearest galaxy to us is 2.5 million light years away from us. Million light years. So if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you two and a half million years just to get to the next galaxy. And that's also got lots of stars in it. Now I'm going to blow your mind again. You know how many galaxies there are? A hundred trillion. Galaxies. I mean, it's just over the top. It's just so extravagantly big and powerful. It's more than our brains can comprehend. Why did God do that? For the same reason that he made so many different species on earth. You know, there's 8.7 million species of life, at least, on earth. And 99% of the species that have ever existed are already extinct. So we've only got 1% left, and, there's a re and that's still 8.7 million, and they keep finding new ones. And the variety, the colors, you look at the underwater creatures, the colors and the shapes. You look at birds and the feathers and the sounds, the bird songs. If you, if you listen to a bird song slowed down, it's just the most intricate sound. Why did, why did God make a giraffe? What on earth is that all about? Does it help anyone? Does it serve any purpose? No, it's just because God said, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to make something amazing and weird and different. Why? Because I can. I want to show you that I'm a big God. I don't just do just the minimum that's required. I go over the top. You know that verse that says, my God will provide all your needs according to his glory and riches in Christ Jesus. Many people focus on the first half of that verse. My God will provide all my needs, not all my wants, just all my needs. Oh, I, I only need a sack shirt and I only need one pair of underpants. God will look after my needs. Rubbish. It says according to his riches in glory. How big is God? He goes over the top. You know, when the 5,000 came to get fed, they only had a few fish and a few loaves. And at the end of it, there were 12 baskets full left over. Jesus, what a waste. We didn't need so much. You, you should have just given enough for everyone to just have enough as they needed. No, let's do more. God is big. He's extravagant. He's enormous. The problem is, you and me, you see, the problem is not with God. God has put his power inside your heart. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he has the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says if you don't have the Spirit, you're not in Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That power of the universe, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. There's no limit to the power. What's the problem? The problem is God says, I want to do everything in partnership with you. You be wholehearted and then I will flood in with my 99%. You just do your little bit and I will do so much. But he says, you've got to unlock. You've got to say, yes, please. <laughs> yes, God, please. I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm available. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. Overflow. All the, 
all the power of heaven of the universe, put that in me and, and fill me up to overflowing. A couple of verses just to help you understand this. In Acts chapter 6, when they were choosing leaders in the church, the apostles said, choose for yourself seven men who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 6 verse 3. The reason he said that is because there are Christians who are not full of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't have said that if everyone was full. We all have the Holy Spirit, but we're not full of Him. Full means overflowing. Doesn't it? And there's a verse in Matthew 12, I think it's 34, where Jesus says, From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, it comes out of your mouth. Words come out of your mouth. You know, in that Psalm 51 where David says, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. A couple of verses later, he says, open my lips and I will sing your praises. It comes out of your mouth. When the Holy Spirit is in you, it comes out of your mouth. Every time in the book of Acts that people were filled with the Holy Spirit, something came out of their mouth. Usually tongues, which is really just prophecy. This word prophecy, it sounds all super spiritual. All it means is I'm saying God's words. It flows out of me. Words flow out of me. And as I speak them, I get filled more and more with the Holy Spirit. It's a bit like a self-priming pump. As I speak in God's words, as I pray or prophesy in tongues, as I speak God's words, I get filled with the Spirit more and more and more and more. There's a verse in Jude, chapter 1, verse 20. It says, Beloved, Keep yourselves, in, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up and pray in the Holy Spirit. That means speaking out these words in another language. So, David was filled, Saul were filled in the Old Testament. They got touched by the Holy Spirit. They prophesied, we read in 1 Samuel 10 and 16, that they prophesied as a result of being filled. Their heart was changed and they were turned into a new man. I feel like I could go on and on talking about theology, but I just feel I need to invite you right now. You know, I was a young Christian. I'd been a Christian for about six months and I'd been attending a Christian group and everyone there was so enthusiastic. They were wholehearted for the Lord. And I was half-hearted. I was trying my best, but they would worship extravagantly. I would worship reservedly. They would share their hearts openly. I would share part of what I was, going, was feeling. They were just wholehearted, and I wanted it. And one day we were in a meeting, and the guy at the front said, Does anyone want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Come to the front. To cut a long story short, I went to the front. They laid hands on me. I was a 17-year-old boy. All sorts of issues. In my life broken family uh, just all sorts of confusion and hurts and pains they laid hands on me and I I know that it was part of me responding I did respond and I did ask God to fill me and I did speak open my mouth to speak but when the Holy Spirit came on me I want to tell you a change happened that could never have happened in my own strength I remember a few months before that, I'd said to myself, I will read through the whole Bible. Have you ever done that? And I read it religiously every day. And I got to, I don't know, halfway through the Old Testament. And it was like dry, dead, dusty cardboard to me. I couldn't understand it. 
It was a chore reading the Bible. After they prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit, the Bible became like food, like water. I devoured it. It was meaningful. God was speaking to me. It came alive. I remember trying to pray before I was filled with the Spirit. And I, I could struggle to pray for five minutes. After that, I would pray for an hour on end, often, and loved it. I was just caught up in God's presence in, in prayer. I would worship God freely. The Lord gave me the ability to speak and preach in public, which I never had before. I was shy before God opened up my mouth. There were so many changes. He healed my heart. He set me free from a whole lot of my family baggage. All of that was because the Holy Spirit, this power of the universe, came and filled my life. The good news, the amazing amazing news is we don't have to go to a special guru in a special place far away in Jerusalem or somewhere else. God's Spirit is here. And in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, wherever people got saved, wherever they were, they said, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And people laid hands on them and prayed for them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that today. We're just going to invite you. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for you. But also, you may have been filled, but you may have felt like that pump. You haven't been priming it enough, and it somehow got locked up again. And you need to just release the gushing of the living water. I just want to say that when that huge power of the universe comes into your life, there may be some results in your life. You may feel a bit weird, lightheaded. Some people feel something. Some people don't. But don't focus on the feelings, just focus on Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I just want more of you. I want what you've got for me. I need your power in my life. Is that all right? So if you've been filled with the Spirit before, that's fine. Come up for prayer to get filled again. If you need to be filled with the Spirit for the first time, or perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus, you just want to stand with someone, they'll pray with you, they'll say, Lord Jesus, please meet this person and then you'll pray a prayer and you'll meet with him today if you have a need for healing in your body people will pray for you or any other thing that you want prayer for somebody will pray for you today for that but if we could let's just stand together i'm just going to ask um jello to put some quiet worship music on playing over the speakers Maybe I could ask the, the prayer people to just come and stand up here with me, please, if you guys wouldn't mind. So everybody who's doing prayer today, just come and stand in a line next to me. Thank you. That's great. Jamie, well done, bud. And let's pray. God of the universe. God of the universe. <laughs> Almighty God, El Shaddai, the Great One. Lord, you are so great. You don't limit, you have no limit in power, Lord. There is nothing you can't do. But God, we limit you. We limit you, Lord. We make you small in our own hearts and our own eyes. And I pray today, Lord, that you would help us to open the floodgates, to say, yes, Lord, fill me today. Fill me. Let me meet with you. Let me be filled by you. Come, Holy Spirit, even now, rest upon each one, I pray. Each one of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
If you're here today and some of the previous sermons have touched your heart, maybe there was an authority issue where you felt you needed to get right with your attitude to authority, or maybe it's a sin or a hardness of heart and you felt you needed to break your heart and repent, today's for you as well. There'll be people who pray for you as well. Come Holy Spirit. So folks, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to dismiss the service and I'm going to ask for everyone who wants prayer to come to the front and everyone else is welcome to just go and have some coffee or do whatever you need to do. But Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that today is a new day, a wonderful day, a significant day for many of us, Lord. I thank you that many of us will have our lives turn around, will be given a new heart, will be changed into a new man from today. Fill us, Lord. Fill each one with your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless, folks. Have a great week. Please come forward for prayer if you need some prayer. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.